Allow me to greet you all in the most wonderful name, the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My name is M.E.C. Shoka, and I'm going to be sharing the Word of God with you. As we all know, today is the 10th of April 2020, it is Good Friday. Of course, we're celebrating this day in a very different way, simply because as the world, we are facing a pandemic in COVID-19. Nevertheless, amidst COVID-19, our God is good. As we know, that uh, for those that love God, all things work together for good. So we know and we believe that this pandemic is all our good. For scripture reading, book of John, in the book of John chapter number 3, we're going to be reading verse number 16 and verse number 17. 16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God bless the living I've entitled this message The Greatest Love of the Life. The passage of this scripture narrates the greatest love story of all time. This scripture, or the passage of this scripture, is about the love of God. In our context, the way the world implies for all humankind in every sphere of life. It does not exclude anybody. Everyone is included. Irrespective of who they are, where they're coming from. The love of God is beyond the human understanding. There is no vocabulary that can define the love of God. The love of God for the world is beyond limit. The love of God for the world defines who God is. God is love. God is indefinite. His love for the world is indefinite. It knows no boundaries. Let us look at the nature of the love of God. God loves the world unconditionally. The love of God for us is not subject to any condition. God loves us in spite of. He does not love us because of. We cannot merit the love of God. God loves us with our flaws. We don't have to do anything good to be loved by God. Nobody can merit the love of God. God loves us the way we are. We don't have to be better people to be loved by God. We don't have to be better people to experience the love of God. As the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait for us to be right people for Christ to die for us on the cross. God did not want to wait for us to be right to show us his love, to show how much he loves us. 
God loves us and he will continue to love us. Glory be to Jesus. The death of the love of God is so deep. As the Bible says, for God so loved the world. This implies the greatest extent of his love for us. The, the, the death of the love of God is in Christ Jesus. God loved the world to such an extent that he gave away his only son, the only thing that he had, the very thing that he loved so dearly, his son, Jesus Christ. Believe me, this is the greatest love of them all. This is the greatest love in the history of mankind. The love of God is impartial. The love of God does not show favoritism. For the Bible says, whatsoever or whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. It does not matter who you are. For the Bible says, whosoever, whether you are black or white, whether you are Zulu or Venda, whether you are holy or unholy, poor or rich, buried or unmarried, the love of God is for us. The love of God is for you. Glory be to Jesus. There is nothing that shall separate us from the love of God. COVID-19 cannot separate us from the love of God. HIV and AIDS cannot separate us from the love of God. Poverty cannot separate us from the love of God. Hatred cannot separate us from the love of God. Rejection cannot separate us from the love of God. God loves us irrespective of, in spite of. That is how much God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, but have an eternal life. If God be for us, who shall be against us? We are convinced. Brothers and sisters, we are convinced. Nothing shall separate us from this love of God. The love that is so deep in such an extent that no word in this planet can be able to define it. There is no word in the dictionary that can explain the death of the love of God for us. The love of God for the world. God wants you to know this very day. He wants you to know why he did what he did. He wants you to know why he had to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to know why. Glory be to Jesus. Christ came as a substitute for you and I. God wants you to know that Christ was sent to be a substitute for you and I. He is the sacrificial substitutionary lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He took our place on the cross. He died as a ransom for our sins. 
God did not send Christ to condemn the world. Brothers and sisters, he sent him to save the world through the blood. The blood that was without blemish. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. The love of God. The greatest love of them all. The love of God. The greatest love of them all. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God loved the world that he gave the only thing that he had. The greatest love of them all. God gave his only begotten son to reconcile the world to himself. The indefinite love of God dealt with our past, our present and our future sins. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called his children. The love of God is so great. The love of God cannot be measured. God loves us. I want to tell you that you are the beloved of Christ. I want to tell you that you are the beloved of God. God loves you. God loves you in your circumstance. God loves you in your situation. Through it all, through all those challenges that you are facing, God loves you. There is no way that God's love for you can end. God's love for you knows no end. God's love for the world cannot be measured for God so loved the world that he had to give his one and only son Jesus to die on the cross for us as we remember this day as we remember the crucifixion the death of our Lord Jesus Christ let us remember the greatness of the love of God there is no love like the love of Jesus. There is no love like the love of God. The love of God is in Jesus. The love of God is the core of the gospel. Is the essence of the gospel. Without the love of God, there is no gospel. The love of God. The greatest love of them all. The greatest love of them all. The greatest love of them all. He loves you. Doesn't matter what the people say. He loves you. Whether you are bad, he loves you. You're a drunkard. He loves you. A sinner. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. God bless you. As you endeavor to embrace the unconditional love of God in Christ Jesus. I believe 
that you will come to understand, you will come to perceive how much God has loved the world. It is my prayer that you come to understand the heart of God. The heart of God in Christ Jesus. His blood became the ransom of our sins. Remember, there is no forgiveness of sins without the sharing of the blood. May God continue to bless you. May you be steadfast in your faith. Even in these challenging times, may you be strong in the faith. We are all in this together. He promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Call in the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are saved. May you find strength in the name of the Lord. May you find courage in the name of the Lord. I missed COVID-19. May you find courage in the name of the Lord. Through the name of the Lord we shall prevail. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God bless you and God bless you. Thank you for listening in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to greet everyone in the most wonderful and powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is M.E. Shoka. Once again, it gives me a great pleasure to be sharing the word of God with you. Today is Easter Sunday and we're celebrating the resurrection of the crucified Christ. And without any further ado, I would like us to turn our Bibles in the book of Revelation, chapter number 1. We're going to be reading verse number 17 and verse number 18. And we'll also be reading Isaiah, chapter number 41. We'll be reading verse number 8 up to verse number 10. Revelation, Revelation chapter number 1. We're going to read verse number 17 and verse number 18. It reads as follows. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am, the live, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Isaiah 41, verse 8 up to verse number 10, it reads, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and I am not cast thee away. Fear thou not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Thank you.
let us pray for the reading of the word. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Encourage and strengthen us by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I greet you all in Jesus' name. This evening, I would like to share the word of God under the message entitled, Fearlessness in the Midst of Fear. There are certain things in life that affect every member of society in one way or another, and fear is one of them. We are living in the world that is engulfed by fear. And the naked truth is that nobody is immune to fear. At some point, someone, somewhere fears something. People suffer from different kinds of fears in life. For example, somebody may be afraid of being rejected. Somebody may have the fear of failure. Somebody may be fearful about what people will say if he does something or he does not do something. Our everyday life is surrounded by fear. From time to time, we all face fear and experience the edge to give into fear. Nevertheless, God encourages us this evening to live a fearless life in the midst of fear. In the midst of fear, God is commanding us to be fearless. God does not want us as his children to live a fearful life. He wants us to live a life without fear. Paul says to Timothy, God did not give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power and sound mind. In other words, fear attacks our minds. Fear gets its momentum by attacking our minds. So God this evening is encouraging us to live a life in the absence of fear. Even though we are surrounded by fear in everyday life. But God is encouraging us to be fearless. Hallelujah. So now I want us to look at some reasons that God gives as why we need not to be fearful. From the scriptures where we have read, we hear from the book of Revelation. This is the revelation that was given to John whilst he was at the, the, the island of Patmos. The word of the Lord came unto him. Now, where we have read, the Bible says, John says, I felt before his feet like as if I was dead. Suddenly the Lord spoke unto me. Jesus spoke unto John. And he said this way. I am the first and the last. You need not to be fearful. I am the one who was dead but now I am alive. So in other words, we see the reasoning why we need not to be fearful. Why we need to live a life without fear. Now, he is showing to John that he was dead, but now he is alive. 
As I've already said, we're celebrating the resurrected Christ. Christ is not in the grave. He overcame the grave and its power. And now Jesus says to John, I've got the key with me. I've got the keys of both hell. I've got the keys of death and hell. When he showed himself to the disciples at the resurrection, he said unto them, All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Fear not. Fear not. Hallelujah. Let me greet you all in the most wonderful name. The name that is above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Once again, it gives me a great pleasure to be sharing the word of God with you. Today is Easter Sunday and we are celebrating the resurrection of the crucified Christ. Without any further ado, I would like us to turn our Bibles in the book of Revelation chapter number 1. We read in verse 17 and 18 and also Isaiah chapter 41 will be reading verse 8 up to verse 10. Revelation 1 verse 17 and 18 it reads as follows. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am that liveth, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Isaiah 41, verse 8 up to verse 10. But thou, Israel, art my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Can we read for the reading of for, for the reading of the word? Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Encourage and strengthen us by the power of your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I have entitled the message of this hour Fearlessness in the Midst of Fear. I repeat, fearlessness in the midst of fear. There are certain things in life that affect every member of society in one way or another. And fear is one of them. We are living in the world that is engulfed by fear. And the truth of the matter is, nobody is immune to fear. At some point, someone, someone fears something. People suffer from different kinds of fears. There is fear of rejection. You are afraid that you won't be accepted. You are always afraid that somebody can reject you. There is again the fear of failure. You are afraid to do some other things because you are afraid that you're going to fail. You're not going to make it. Or people are discouraging you. They are telling you that you are going to fail. You cannot make it. So that is another fear. There is also fear of what people will say about me. 
So in other ways, you don't also don't want to do other things. You're also afraid to do certain things because you are afraid of what people will say. But let me tell you, it is not about people, it is about you. It is not the people who's going to suffer, but it is you. So you need to understand that fear will always be there. But we need to fearlessly conduct our lives. Our everyday life is surrounded by fear. From time to time, we are all facing fear and experiencing the urge to give into fear. Nevertheless, I missed that edge. I missed that experience. God is encouraging us to live fearlessly. God is encouraging us to live a bold life. As Paul says to Timothy, God did not give us the spirit of fear. But he gave us the spirit of power and sound mind. When fear attacks, it attacks the mind. Because that is where the problem is. If the enemy can overcome you in the mind, there is nothing that you can do. Fear has got the power or has got a tendency to make our lives stagnant. Fear draws us back. If we are living in fear, we cannot be able to advance in life. Therefore, that is the reason why we need to live fearlessly, despite the existence of fear in our everyday life. God is giving is giving us some reasoning why we need to live a fearless life. God is giving us an insight of his understanding or his, his will about our lives. He is saying that we need not to be fearful. There are reasons why he says we need not to be fearful. Where we have read in the book of Revelation, the Bible tells us you don't have to be afraid because I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and Omega. In other words, whatever that happens between the Alpha and Omega, whatever that happened between the first and the last, it does not matter because God will have the final word because he is the Alpha and Omega. He has been there in the beginning. He's going to be there in the end. Even though you, can, you might not see him now, even though you might not see him during your situation, the challenges that you are facing. But the truth of the matter is, he is the Omega. He will be there in the end. He will be, he will have the final word and his final word will be in your favor. The second reason in the book of Revelation, Jesus says to John, you need not to be afraid because I was dead, but now I am alive. I am the living one. I am not amongst the dead. I am the one who is living. Glory be to Jesus. The grave was powerless. The grave did not contain him. The grave was unable to keep him because he is a powerful God. Glory be to Jesus. 
The third reason he says, you need not to be afraid because I am the one who has the keys of hell. I am the one who has got the keys of death. In other words, if you were afraid of hell, you need not to be afraid of hell. Why? Because Jesus Christ has got the key of hell. He is the one who's going to open. He is the one who's going to open for people to get in. He's the one who's going to close for the people not to get in. He says, I've got the key of death in other words he's got power over death so you need to be fearless in the midst of fear you need to be fearless glory be to jesus our lord he is alive we are serving a living god he is the resurrected christ glory be to jesus he has got the keys of hell and death he's got the key of both death and the place of the dead. When, when he appeared to his disciple, disciples after the resurrection, he said this word, power, all power has been given unto me. The power in heaven and the power on earth has been given unto me. All power is in my hands. I've got all authority. Therefore, you need not to be fearful. In the midst of fear. Glory be to Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, he's speaking this words to Jacob. He says, Jacob, you are my servant. I have chosen you. Amongst all men, I have chosen you. You are my servant. Therefore, I don't need you to live with fear because you are my servant. He gives reasons why Jacob need not to be fearful. He gives reasons why Jacob needs to live a fearless life. One of the reasons he says you must not be af afraid. Fear not for I am with you. Fear not I am with you. I'm here to tell you. You don't need to be afraid. God is with you. Jesus is our Emmanuel. Emmanuel God with us. So if God be for us. Who shall be against us? If God be for us. We will be fearless. In the midst of fear. Glory be to Jesus. One of the reasons he says, Jacob, because you are my servant, I have chosen you. Fear not, for I am your God. Fear not, you've got no other God. I am your God. Glory be to Jesus. Another reason he says, you need not to be afraid, Jacob. You are my servant. Live a fearless life. Fear not, for I will strengthen you. If you are weak, I will give you strength. If you cannot take it anymore, if you are weak to proceed, I will be there to strengthen you. Fear not. In the midst of fear, you need, you need not to be afraid. One of the other reasons, one of the reasons that God, he is saying to Jacob, he must not be fearful. He says, you must not be fearful because I will uphold you. I will hold you by my right hand. I will hold you by my righteousness, by my righteous hand. I will conduct you. I will guide you. Fear not in the midst of fear. 
The last reason that he mentions, he says, you must not be afraid because I will help you. I'm going to help you. When nobody's there to help you, I'm going to come as your God. I will come and help you. David says in his words, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is my shepherd. He leads me. He is my guide. I will not be afraid. I will not be fearful. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because he is my God. Fear not. In the midst of fear, fear not. Glory be to Jesus. Fear cannot affect, cannot affect you if you trust in the Lord. But if you allow fear to take hold over you, you're going to be living a life of uncertainty. Fear affects someone's thinking. Fear affects one's actions. Fear affects one's speech. The way you act it depends on as whether you are fearful or not. The way you think, it, it tells us whether you are fearful or not. The way you do things tells us whether you are fearful or not. The way you, you don't want to do things tells us whether you are fearful or not. But let me tell you, he has resurrected. He is the Alpha and Omega. He was dead, but now he is alive. He will have the final weight. He doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter what you are going through right now. But he will have the final weight. And the final weight of God will be in your favor. In this testing and difficult circumstances, we know that God is in control. We know that God is in charge. Glory be to Jesus. I want to close with, with, with the story of Jacob. Jacob was told one day that his son Joseph was dead. They brought the garment of Joseph to him. They said, look if and see if this is not the garment of your son. Because we found this garment in the wilderness. This, this, this garment was bloody. It was full of blood. When, 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 when Jacob inspected the garment, he saw blood on the garment and he realized that the garment belonged to his son Joseph. And he started to cry and he said, I will go to the grave crying for my son because my son is dead. He, he never wanted to be comforted. They tried to comfort him, but he never got receive any comfort or he never accepted any comfort from anybody because he resolved in his heart that his son is dead. His joy was dead. Glory be to Jesus. I believe that was the very same reaction when Jesus was crucified. They, they all thought that it was finished. It was all done. But nevertheless, God had a better plan. Glory be to Jesus. Now, one day, jo jo Joseph revealed himself to his servant, his, his brothers. And when he revealed himself to his brothers, he, he, his brother took the message to their father and said, Joseph is still alive. Joseph is not dead. At first, Jacob did not want to believe them. 
But finally, he, he believed them. He believed that uh, Joseph's son was still alive. He was not dead, but he was alive. Let me tell you, when the truth resurrected, when the truth surfaces, it exposes lies. Now, Jacob says this word, because now I am convinced that my son Joseph is not dead. He is alive. I will arise and go back to Egypt to see him before I die. I am here to tell you this very day that Jesus Christ is not dead. He is alive. See him before you before you die. See him be, uh, before you die. Arise and experience his power before you die. Glory be to Jesus. Our Lord, he is alive. You need to live fearlessly amidst fear. Glory be to Jesus. I don't know what you are afraid of. I don't know what you are fearful of. But I want to tell you, God is commanding you. God is encouraging you to live your life in the absence of fear or to live your life fearlessly though fear may try to creep in but let me tell you he says you need to live fearlessly from time to time God is encouraging us to live a fearless life so I believe you are encouraged it doesn't matter what you are facing it doesn't matter what people are saying, but the truth of the matter is, in the midst of fear, we need to feel, to live fearlessly because our Christ Jesus has resurrected, because our Christ Jesus has overcome for us. He is the Alpha and Omega between the R and the O. It doesn't matter between the A and the O. It doesn't matter what is happening. But at the end of the day, God will have the final word. And his word, the word that he's going to say, will be in your favor. Glory be to Jesus. May God bless you as you take courage. May God bless you as you take your strength from the Lord. Fear not, for he is alive. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Amen.